aggression. Ruthless aggression. Ruthless aggression. The John Bradshaw Layfield era. My name is C.M. Punk. I buried him alive. I'm just a sexy boy. And I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Ruthless Retrospective. I am your number one contender, Greg, as always, as every week, joined by the reigning, defending, undisputed podcast champion of the world, Razor Rob, the Broken One. That's just getting more and more animated every week, isn't it? Yes, it is, sir. Yes, it is. So how, uh, how are you this week? Oh, sorry. How are you this oh, you're week, good, Greg? Dude. <laughs> I, well, the, I'm glad you asked, because it's fucking terrible. Oh, I'm sorry, About a either. week ago... I got in bed, like I was going to bed, and my knee just decided, this is an activity you're not okay with anymore. <laughs> and it is still hurting me from literally stepping into bed. <laughs> did you, did you like sprain it or twist I it? I don't know, because I'm not the millionaire who goes it, to see doctors. It just, but it, it just like gave out? <laughs> it just locked and hasn't completely unlocked yet. Jesus, and man. That's how old we're getting. Well, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be thirty in two months. You are so. not as old as our friend Maxwell, though. That is true. Maxwell um, Maxwell was in Gettysburg for the Gettysburg Address, I believe. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna mention now. I'm just gonna briefly tease it. I'm not gonna say what it is, but as you are very well aware of, we got some big news coming down the pike soon. I'm very excited about. Yes, sir. I am like the Phil Coulson to your Nick Fury. Yes. And we'll just leave it at that. Assembling the Avengers over here. Um, In more wrestling news, but still my personal ramblings, Rob. Yes, sir. Your boy got really lucky this week. How so? How did you get lucky? I found the AEW action figures in the wild. And I'm a big figure guy. I like collecting a lot of comic books, Star Wars stuff. Honestly, not a big wrestling figure guy. But... This is the one time in my life where I've been able to get on the ground floor of the very first figures of something. Like, I will never have the first Spider-Man figure or the first Darth Vader or whatever. But I'm like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, you, So I snag those. Uh, did you find them at the Walmart that nobody goes to? Yes, I actually went to two Walmarts that nobody goes to, <laughs> not ours, to get three of them in person. So you, you went to the Walmarts 15 miles up the, up that route and 15 miles down that route Yep, to get them. Okay. Yep, I ended up finding Omega, Jericho, and Cody. I was pretty stoked about it. That That's awesome. Yeah, it, I mean, this is truly a, a different time for us because everything that we would have wanted to collect action figures from have been made into action figures since the beginning of action figures you know comics wb star yeah, exactly. wars like yeah. Yeah, well i'll never have that chance to get that original one of those like unless i'm shelling out on ebay so i mean the, the only thing you could have got you know original of is maybe like the new trilogy for star wars like the first kylo ren or oh and i ren, do yeah. i do have that but, like, it's not, you know what I mean? It's still not the first Star Wars thing yeah. ever made. It's not the first line with, like, Luke, Han, and 
Darth. Yeah. Or in Leia. Now, what's in the wrestling news, Rob? What's going on this week? Um, Brock Lesnar has become a free agent um, this week. Apparently, WWE and him cannot come to terms on a new contract, which actually saw a not sure because Roman Reigns has never been really a face. He's just been that gray no, he's area. Been a face. He has been a face, but like he, he they try to portray him as that gray area. So, yeah, but let's be honest. He never. He was face. He said I was. I'm just the guy. But he was a straight up baby face until now. Yeah, last last week on SmackDown, uh, he partnered up with Paul Heyman, and then this previous Sunday on Payback, he is now the Universal Champion with Paul Heyman at his side. And if that that I didn't know if Lesnar's contract was up or this was all going down until I I saw it on surprisingly Sports Center earlier. An update from Sports Center said he was a free agent. Um, he's teasing maybe going to UFC again, maybe going to Bellator because Bellator is apparently back on the rise in the MMA world. And somebody even said that um, he might be going to AEW. Um, MJF, now you can't trust MJF's social media, but said we do not want this one-trick pony in our company or something like that. I don't think he's going to AEW. I don't think he's going to UFC or Bellator either. I think he's doing what he's done a few times now, and Brock wants some more zeros on his check. I I also think that, but the interesting thing came out today. Um, I can't remember who Kurt Angle was interviewed by, but it was a radio show. And they hosted the radio show, asked him about all this. And Kurt Angle um, went on record saying that Brock is probably going to the UFC mainly because he wants to fight Bones Jones. That'd be cool. So. I mean, you're more into UFC than I am, but uh, I still think my inner wrestling fan gut's telling me Lesnar's coming back. He lives in Canada, so it's hard for him to get to the States with COVID now, for one. So I think it's, I'm going to be done for now. We'll see what's going on when this is all over, but you're paying me more money if I'm coming back. Yeah, well, it's it's a wait-and-see thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, though, because they did take all of his merch off the site. Even after Enzo Amore had rape allegations against him, they didn't take his merch down even after releasing him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can still go into the clearance section and buy a uh, Enzo Soft t-shirt, you know? It's funny that it's Enzo Soft t-shirt. I know it's just his catchphrase, but... WWE shirts, I'm sure you know, are the most stiff freaking shirts on the planet. Oh my god, yeah. They like have like an inch of print on them. <laughs> like it, it, it's the print's so thick that it like makes your back itchy through the cloth. Yes. Well, speaking of that, do you want to travel back in time to when the shirts weren't quite so starchy? Or and the wrestlers didn't hit so soft? Exactly. Let's go back to Raw from July 22nd, 2002. What was that date? July 22nd, 2002, and this Raw has a runtime of 1 hour, 36 minutes, and 3 seconds. Uh, thank God, because doing the pay-per-view last week, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, that the the two-hour runtimes on the pay-per-views are probably going to kill us. Oh, yeah. Did you? Um, and this is from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yes, sir, which is uh, right up the road from Detroit, Michigan, where Vengeance was. Oh, is it? 
I believe so. Yeah, it's either that up or down. That makes sense because the next day. Yeah. Um. Did you um, know? Did you notice at the end of the WWE intro, WWE intro, not not the Raw intro, but the like what would be now the now then forever yeah where it makes that word yeah yeah um they put eric bischoff's photo up they did and they did that all through his run as general manager see i did not know that so like this caught me off guard so i had to ask the question (laughs) yeah no they did that and then when he brings john morrison in as his like protege or whatever going way down the road he's there with him i remember in that Mm. um yeah, that, that's an ongoing thing. But this is an interesting Raw for us to talk about because this is truly Bischoff's first Raw. Yeah, it, it, it shows throughout the entire show. Yeah, I mean, he debuted the previous Raw, but this is the first one where he's in control of everything. Yeah, this is this is 100% Bischoff era begins right here, July 22nd, uh, 2002. What do you think of that? Like, compare Bischoff's Raw to the previous few weeks' Raws. Um... It felt like Nitro too much for me. It was really Nitro at times, wasn't it? Especially, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but the moment where he's at the announce desk and everything. Oh, yeah. you'll uh, When we get to that, yeah. And this is also the first Raw where the announce desk is not at ringside. Nope. It is. Uh, they don't reveal it till we get to that shot of him at the announce desk. No, they, they mentioned it earlier, King and Did JR. That, yeah, we were positioned up here now. Oh, I didn't catch it, probably because my one-and-a-half-year-old was being a maniac tonight. Uh, all good. But yeah, it uh, starts off with Bischoff coming out to the ring. Massive um, booze. Yeah, massive booze. Um, he talks about The Rock, uh, everything he's got going on. He brings Triple H out. Um, I'm going to blame Triple H for my obsession with Gene Vest. <laughs> and always one and one with patches on it. And I don't understand how that man could wear borderline skinny jeans with a leather jacket with a jean vest on top of it into a very hot arena. But he pulled it off because he is the game, Triple H. As I, I sit here and my patched up denim vest has just become, it's retired and just hangs on the chair that I record in every week. <laughs> Mine's in the closet right in front of me in the basement. It will make its return when the music makes its uh, return, if you know what I mean. Mine's retired. <laughs> mine's hung up like an old jersey. Um, Triple H brings out Shawn Michaels because at Vengeance, Shawn Michaels was who convinced him to go to Raw. And Bischoff starts kind of getting power grabby here, I'd say. Yeah, like, he um he declares HBK as Triple H's manager. Very yeah. odd. Yeah, usually the manager decides they're a manager, the wrestler picks their manager, but whatever. Um, HBK doesn't like being bossed around, and he leaves. Oh, I did want to say this. Um, Eric Bischoff, when he was talking about Sean being his manager and everything, Mm -hmm. he said, think of it, you're the co-star. All the movies I put you in, Triple H, Sean Michaels is right there co-starring. Mm-hmm. Triple H has been in a very select few movies. I can count on one hand. Now, Triple H has only starred in one movie. I can count on one hand if he took four fingers away how many <laughs> movies he starred in. Do you know who was not in that movie? Shawn Michaels. And I don't believe Shawn Michaels was in either Blade Trinity either. No. So that that was a lie. Was it, was it Trinity or two? 
Uh, Trinity is where okay, Chuck Yeager is. I was correct on my first guess then. Yes, the one where Patton Oswalt also was in it. And Ryan Reynolds, pre-Deadpool, yes. but playing literally Deadpool. Um, well, anyway, Sean doesn't like being bossed around by Eric, and he leaves. Bischoff tells Triple H to go talk some sense into him, setting up the theme throughout the night, much like our last episode was who's he signing with. Yep, and uh, we got an announcement that Bischoff is unifying the European and IC title, intercontinental title tonight in a ladder match. Smart move, too. Having both those mid-card titles on the same show, like basically being the same title, honestly makes sense to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, were you shocked by this at all with no build or anything to it? Not really. I mean, it, it makes sense, um, you know, because it's, it's not like the Cruiserweight Championship and like the Hardcore Championship because those, those are just in this, their own division. You know, everyone can fight for these the heavyweights can fight for these the cruiserweight can fight for these it just makes much more sense to unify them but you want to talk about a crazy kickoff match a ladder match between rvd and jeff hardy oh my god that's a a hot that's a spot monkeys wet dream right there oh but before we actually get to that match triple h does find Shawn michaels backstage tells him he's walking out on the fans and they're really driving home this point which we all know what's coming at the next pay-per-view. But they're really driving home that Sean can't wrestle anymore. Yeah. Like, poor Sean. Um, there's a Stone Cold call-out, whether you're going to walk out like Austin or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, then we get to our first match. Which is the Jeff Hardy vs. RVD uni- title unification ladder match. Um, Both of them came out the massive pops. It was yeah, a, I think RVD's was just a little bigger. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty standard ladder match that you expect from these two guys. Um, there was a couple of good spots. Not many, but there was a couple of good spots. Um, uh, I caught the Swanton onto the ladder. Well, on the ladder that was on top of RVD, which we've seen a thousand times now, but still always hurts my back to see yeah, it. Yeah, um, there was a... Like sword fighting spot before that, where RVD ended up winning and then doing the Rolling Thunder on the ladder. <laughs> I wrote that the ladder fight, but RVD keeps pinching his fingers. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. Poor RVD, they're trying to smack these ladders against each other, and his hand must have kept getting pinched on something because he kept moving his hand and shaking it after every time they did it. <laughs> um, did you see that sweet sunset flip off the ladder that Jeff did to RVD? Uh, the rolling powerbomb off the top of the ladder was yeah. awesome. It was amazing. Uh, there's also a rolling thunder onto the ladder, onto yep. Jeff. Second one. Yes. Um, I like. I, I really enjoyed the ending spot because I like. I didn't expect it to happen, but they're like they're on. The Jeff's like sitting on the ladder with both, with one foot on each side on on a rung, and RVD's on, on two top. ladders. Yeah, on two ladders. And RBD's on top of the other ladder, and he like karate kicks the ladder out from under Jeff, and Jeff literally does a flip like he's doing the Swanton to nothing and hits the ground. Yeah, that was wild. I I saw him. Like, oh, that's end of match. But mm-hmm. nope. Um, I wrote it's a kind of five star frog splash. It, it was like a two and a half, three star frog splash. Exactly. Um. um and- then RBD climbs up and wins. Yeah, I, and I you know was... what? Good, good too. Because someone hit 
does a crazy spot, hits their finisher off the ladder, climbs up no problem, and wins. Like, I'm taking it back to video game logic, but that's the way you win in the game. That's the way that makes the most sense to win. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they ended it there. Even though if this was a uh, 2K WWE wrestling games, Jeff Hardy was sprung up, jumped up there, did two a finisher off the ladder, then jumped up on the top rope, hit a swanton, and then climbed the ladder. Even though you already had him beat mercilessly and grabbed the title, and you would have lost the match. True. And then and then you would have had to restart the sequence to win the match again. I'm talking good video game logic. Like here comes the pain. Yes. Okay. Uh, um, what did you give this match? I gave it a, a seven out of ten. Oh, I went higher than you. I went eight point five. I really liked it. I, I really liked it too, but um, it was kind of quick. It was quick. It I did note note that too. It was a little too fast. I uh, I liked um, RVD pick helping Hardy up and raising his arm before uh, Jeff kind of rolled out of the ring and very yeah, slowly made his way back. In respect. Yeah. Uh, what do we got next, Rob? Uh, we come back to commercial to Chris Norwinski coming to the ring. Oh, uh, man, he, he was absent last week, and I did not miss him. Thank <laughs> And here's why, because he cuts a promo on it. How he's perplexed that the common man doesn't like him, but he knows that it's because he has a Harvard graduate degree. And it's like, well, duh, nobody can relate to you. Dude, I got to say, like, if you look back at Chris Norwinski's career in ring, not counting the cool stuff he did after – but mm-hmm. all you think of is Harvard, and that's a problem. That's a great way to get over as a heel, and then you expand on it. He just never expanded from it. Yeah, he didn't do like the Laney Pafo or even like the uh, Damien Sandow, like where they did the intellectual gimmick as a heel. Yeah, like he could have obviously mentioned Harvard a lot at the beginning and then start growing from that and just be kind of cunning and calculated. And then every now and then the refs will mention the Harvard graduate, but you don't want to make your whole identity after that. Yeah, I mean, you, we're getting force-fed every single second. I mean, with And I doubt it's his decision, honestly, too. No, it was probably Vince's, oh, he's a Harvard grad? Literally a Harvard grad? Like, and he wants to be a wrestler? This is such good shit. We're going to have King say it 20 times in 10 seconds. <laughs> we're we're going to be respected now. Uh, but uh, he, what happens to Chris after he's talking, cutting oh, <laughs> a promo on himself? Uh, Dead Man Inc. starts playing, and JR, as Undertaker's coming down to the ring, JR had a great line. He said, the Undertaker isn't a Harvard grad. He's a grad from How to Kick Your Ass You with a PhD in ass kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I didn't think of it. I'm like, because I was so caught up in this ladder match, this Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Taker's going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. Um, Taker comes down, gets off the bike, gets in the ring, and just starts just beating the shit out of Nerwinski until he hits him with the last ride, j- rolls out of the ring, jumps back on the bike, and just rides up the ramp. Like, there, there, there was nothing. Like, he just got in, kicked ass, and left. Yep. I re- he comes in, unleashes hell, and does a last ride. Yep. Um, we get backstage and I'm stoked about this real quick backstage moment because I freaking love Rhino. Yep. And he's coming off, I guess he's coming off injury because, uh, Bischoff said, um, I know you've been on the shelf nine months and you have all this pent up ruthless aggression to get out. I'd love to have you on raw. 
Yeah, I mean to cut you off, but that explains why we haven't seen him. Yeah, and Rhino Ryan agrees, saying that he loved to be on Raw, and we get D'Lo Brown and I, I put Stasiak, which I got answered later, but it was it wasn't it was Planet Stasiak they were calling him, which made no sense to me. Well, I'm glad you got that because I wrote two guys I don't recognize. Yeah, Stasiak came in with Chuck. And then they got separated, and Chuck went with Billy, and then Stasiak kind of just got lost. Oh, yeah. I know who D'Lo Brown and Stasiak are. Like, if you tell me the names, then I can put the faces to it. But with no context and just these two guys backstage, I'm like, are these just jobbers? What's going on here? Yeah, but they um they both want to have a minute. With, they both want to have a couple minutes with Bischoff to talk to him about an, an opportunity. Bischoff gets a noise and says they get – there's a three-minute opening in the show, and that's all they get, and they have to entertain him. And he walks away. And if they don't entertain him, he'll find a way to make it entertaining or something ominous like that. Yeah, which I, I'm, I'm really glad I got to finally witness what happened. I am too. Um, what we get next? Oh, we get a intergender tag match or mixed tag match. I'm not sure what they're calling it at this time. Uh, they called this an intergender match. It's because with... A mixed tag match, only the only the female superstars can fight the female superstars, and the male superstars can fight the male superstars, and that's it. In an intergender tag match, females can fight males, and males can fight females. Ah, uh, I gotcha. So, so, yeah, it's Trish and Bubba versus Molly and Regal. Which, one of these teams makes sense, the other one doesn't. Which team makes sense, Greg? Molly and William Regal? Yes. Why does Trish and Bubba Ray not make sense? Well, I'll tell you why. Because Trish has been teaming with Bradshaw for the last like month and a half that we've started this. Yes. Why is Bradshaw not her teammate? I have no idea. And he fits the same mold that they used Bubba for here. It doesn't make sense. Exactly. There's no story between Regal and Bubba or anything. Nope. There's there's the story between Molly and Trish. And spoilers for later in the show, we still see Bubba again. So it's not like, well, Bubba won it on the show. Exactly. It just it, this 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 didn't make sense. Um, it really wasn't that great of a match. I mean, my there was a couple pop moments I had, so I ran, why I rated it when we get to the rating is why. I mean, there wasn't yeah, no really good. Um, the only spots that really stood out to me was Molly and Bubba did like a weird like Molly wanted to do a test of strength, so like. Her and Bubba were like doing like a hand dance, which turned into like Bubba twerking towards her, which turned yeah. into Bubba getting slapped, and then Bubba fake punching Molly and then smacking the shit out of her ass. Yes, driving home the Molly has a big ass. Woo-hoo-hoo. Humongous mattress-sized rear end of the term, Rob. I'm sorry. I'm glad you remembered that because <laughs> I can't forget the golden thong. Um. There was a moment I really liked the well when Regal and Trish actually wrestle, like mm-hmm. which was cool to see. Um, but there, there's no Spike or Devon. Bubba still wants to do the was up. Trish and Bubba ru- was up Regal, and I loved that. Yeah, it was after um, Trish hit Molly with the stratosphere, and then we get the was up, which was a cool moment. And then Bubba goes to smack Trish on the chest and freezes because oh my god, puppies. Woo! And um, so Bubba's like, I'll go get the tables. Yeah, he's and, a gentleman about it. Yeah. And as he rolls out of the ring to get the tables, 
Molly like antagonizes him to chase him up the ramp. We cut back to the ring. Ringle is um putting Trish in the they called it the STF, but it was more of like the muffler stretch on the ground. Yeah, it wasn't an STF. Yeah, and uh Trish obviously taps because big strong man William Regal's gonna tap out the lady. Dude, I was watching uh, Priscilla Kelly matches just earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, intergender matches, like by a guy five times her size, and she kicked ass. And comparing that to this, I'm just like, ah, uh. it, 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 like, uh, I mean, modern intergender is so much better than this, and even like the era before this, like not the Attitude Era, but like classic wrestling era. Like, intergender matches were legit. Like, the women actually wrestled the males. It wasn't, I'm a male, so I'm stronger than this woman. No, like, they actually showcased, like, the capabilities of the woman as a wrestler. And I get people saying, well, like, well, what do you want me to believe? I'm sorry. If you want me to be fine with Rey Mysterio beating the big show, but then you turn around and be like, well, that's just not feasible, there's a difference. Yeah. If you, now, if you're like, well... A cruiserweight could never beat a super heavyweight, and I'm not okay with this. I disagree, but I at least see where you're coming from. Yeah. But if you're completely fine with the little man doing the huge world upset, but then... I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent. I hope you don't mind. No, I don't mind. But then, when you see intergender wrestling, you're like, well, that could never work. Then you're a hypocrite. That's what it comes down to. Exactly. Because, I mean... In the modern era, you and I both watch women get at take an ass kicking and win a match. I mean, oh, look at Candice LeRae's indie run over exactly. time on the indie. Her, her and Joey Ryan versus the Young Bucks and PG or PWG. Oh, and she just has the crimson mask and it's Oh my god. Such a good yeah. match. Oh, that that's the one that pops in my head every time I think of a what's a good intergender match that I should watch. Joey Ryan and Lake Can- Candice LeRae versus the Young Bucks. Go go look it up on YouTube, people. Oh, do it, please. I won't even be mad if you pause us to go watch that. But um, um what, what do you give the match? Uh, oh, I will go. I will go so I can't steal your rating. <laughs> I gave it a five and a half, which would have just been a five, but the was up pushed it to the half. Wow, we are on point on this match because guess what, Greg? What do you do? All the all the nice spots gave this a five and a half for me too. <laughs> there we go. You're you're not being so generous today after your your pay per view and stars for everyone. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to being tired. <laughs> um, what do we get? Oh, Bischoff sees Benoit. And they're happy to see each other because WCW. He books him versus Booker, uh, and the winner will face RVD next week for the new title. And he because he says Benoit and Booker had such magic on Nitro, he wants to bring that magic to Raw. And they really did. And even later, still in this era, there was a a series of five matches that went over SmackDowns and pay-per-views and stuff between Benoit and Booker. And those were all magic, too. Those two worked super well together. Was it kind of like the theme that they did with Sheamus and Cesaro in recent time? Yeah, it's very similar to that. Okay. I'm they excited. tried to recapture it. I'm, exci- I'm excited to watch the OG that they tried to capture with Sheamus and Cesaro because... I know some people don't like Sheamus, but those matches with Cesaro before they became the bar were oh, they were great. They were great. No, that's not coming up right now. That's we got a little while to go yet. Oh, I know that's sometime after the JBL title run. Okay, so we're talking 
episode like 120 if we get that far. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we will We're get getting that far. far. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't even stress, Rob. We made it 10 episodes today. <laughs> oh, holy hell. This is episode 10. This is. Whoa. Well done. We did it. We haven't missed a week either. Look at us go. Bonus episodes, 10 regular episodes. We're killing it out here. Straight killing the game. Um, We get The Rock next cutting his first championship promo. It's a classic Rock promo. Yeah, you know, and I'm not saying this negatively, but pander to the crowd, do all your catchphrases, all that stuff. But then something I did not expect. Who's he interrupted by, Rob? He is interrupted by Latino Heat. Do you know what I feel like they're doing to Eddie in this time period? What are they doing to Eddie in this time period? Because they did it before, too, where he was... I think he had a match against Booker T. And he's like, Oh, I said the first person who walks through that curtain I was going to face. Like, it's like, we need a guy to still be mad at someone. We don't want to make it just an exhibition match. But with no real motivation... So, Eddie, go pick something. But mm-hmm. I liked what Eddie came up with, for, or um, Creative came up with. For I, yeah, I love the classic Eddie Hill promo he cut. Uh, um, he's mad because his daughter worships him, looks up to him, idolizes him. And she has a poster of Eddie on her wall. But when he walked into her room the other night, there was another poster of The Rock. <laughs> what does he say? He tore it down, ripped it to pieces, and burned it. And his daughter was screaming, poor K, poor K. I love this. Eddie was on top of his game promo here. Yeah, I. and then it cut to The Rock with his classic response to that, um, saying, you know, Eddie is a movie star, just like The Rock is, but he wanted to know if Eddie played Cheech or Chong. And it, it got kind of a little borderline and racial there with there. Yeah, it definitely did. What was the rock? Is that how he was doing it? Yeah. And he kept interrupting him every time he'd go to talk and Eddie was getting furious. And he kept going, oh, LA, and then rock would do it afterwards. Like, yeah. Yeah. But Eddie challenges him to a match tonight where if Eddie wins this non-title match, Next week, he will get a rematch for the title, Rock Rock accepts. Yep, and then as The Rock's walking out, Lesnar's music hits, and Lesnar just beelines down to the ramp, down the ramp to the ring, doesn't, doesn't even look at The Rock, makes no motion at The Rock. Oh, nothing. completely cold shoulder. Yep, and King and JR just going on about how it was complete disrespect to the United's undisputed champion. By his challenger at SummerSlam in a month, which, by the way, hey, we're getting two months in between pay-per-views. It's almost like they can build storylines. Yeah. Hmm. Not a week Not between a pay-per-views. Week. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was payback? Uh, it was just a way to, for them to get the belt back on Roman and deal with the Brock free agency i feel honestly now that i know that that's what i see i like um but we also find out that we're getting a a lesnar versus dreamer in a singapore cane match where did this come from who who is responsible for this who booked this match (laughs) fucking russo (laughs) I wrote Tommy gets about two moves in before the initial beatdown. He, but he, he mount a slight comeback because he hits a low blow 
followed by a DDT for a two count. Um, he's hitting Brock with the cane a bunch. Brock hits him with an F5. Literally never uses the cane. And yeah, I liked how Tommy started the match by trying to spear the beast with the cane. I did too. <laughs> and then he he uh, he cracked him a couple times and he hit him with the white Russian leg sweep. Yeah, uh, that was more Sandman's move earlier, wasn't it? It was always yeah, that was always Sandman's thing. Yeah, with the I, cane too. So that was a yeah. nice little homage to Sandman. I thought. Yeah, I think Tommy always did it in WWE when he could, just to be like, hey, man, I'm still thinking of you. Because Tommy, Paul Heyman was the guy that made ECW, but Tommy Dreamer is the heart, soul, and blood of ECW. Oh, for sure. Um, Um, There was also... I also didn't know if there was like... Oh, I'm sorry. But I didn't know if there was also a little... Well, this is Bischoff's first Raw... Dreamers and ECW guy throw him in a cane match against Lesnar, but they didn't play that up. So, but that's what I was thinking at first. I mean, it could have been too, yeah. Because we'll have to see next week if they talk continue. about that. Yeah. Um, Brock did a. Oh, Tommy took an amazing belly to belly overhead throw on the outside. Yes, he did, and that's what started like Lesnar destroying him to a low blow. Yeah, because he was jumping off the ring apron and like almost like a. A ha- to do a hammer to him but with the cane and that's where Brock caught him yeah then uh, I like that they sh- like Brock was like getting beat all match by the cane and then right before he hit the F5 to win he just like catches the cane after he takes a shot to the ribs under his arm and yeah then he picked up Tommy to do the F5 like it just showed like dude no matter how many times you beat me with this cane I'm just gonna just, I'm I'm not losing this match like, this cane oh. does not affect me. It just feels like a fly batting me. Which is pretty much what it would feel like to Lesnar. Before we yeah. get to our ratings, we'll talk about the post-match happenings here. Uh, Lesnar won, and in the ring behind Lesnar is the Undertaker with his own cane. And he just he just whites Lesnar up until Lesnar rolls out of the ring and pedals back up the ramp. Yep, Lesnar escaped after getting caned twice. And they said, which on is weird. Why are they building Lesnar? V- oh, it's the payback from last week. That's right. Yeah, they said on commentary, that's the payback for taking the F5 last week. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what did you give the match? Um, four and a half out of ten. Oh, you were a little more generous than me on this one. I counted this almost as a squash. It, I gave it only a two and a half. I love Tommy Dreamer, but I couldn't bring myself <laughs> to. I'm like, this is a. Uh, this was just him getting squashed, which made me even feel worse about it. I, I think I think my love for Tommy Dreamer gave it the, the two extra points because it's funny. I think that's what killed mine for me. It's funny that uh you gave it a two two out of two two point five and labeled it a squash match because a match later in the night got that we'll talk about it when we get there. True. Uh what we got here now. Oh, Big Joe's mad at HBK. They're finally talking about the NWO thing a little bit after just ending it. Um, he, he asked him, uh, uh, said he was a little upset about Sean's tough love, but he, uh, Big Show asked Sean how tough he is if he could if he could still do it. And uh, he said you don't look so tough without Nash. Yeah, and Sean says he doesn't know how tough he is anymore. He's been on the shelf for four years. Can't wrestle. But if Show wants to find out, he'll do his damnedest to show him. 
Uh, next we get Stasiak versus D'Lo Brown. No entrances, just cold open in the ring. Bischoff yep. is on the ramp, telling them they have three minutes to entertain him, and he's occasionally counting down. Yeah, he, and, keeps, he keeps yelling out the time, and then uh, like in like two minutes, he just gets frustrated because Stasiak puts D'Lo in a abdominal uh, stretch. Yeah, he does not like rest holds. And uh, Bischoff's like, that's it? You, you're you at the two-minute mark? That's all you're going to do? And he's just like, you know what? Ten, nine, eight. He just starts counting down from ten. He didn't even give him the full minute and, uh, or the full three minutes. And then we I like this final warning as you should have entertained me. Yeah. And I don't know what their names are right now, but we eventually come to know them as Rosie and Umaga. And they debut. And they just destroy Stasiak and Brown. Oh well, you know what their team name is, do you? It's three minute warning. Oh yeah, oh I forgot that. That's right. Yep, that's why they had three minutes, which I didn't even. I feel so stupid when he was talking to them. But you, have, I have a three minute slot. You have three minutes. It had not occurred to me, and I'm like, oh shit, three minute I, warning. I was stoked. I completely, I completely forgot that was their team name until you just brought it up. Yeah, so that's it was, it was a real cool storytelling for them, and yeah. of course they beat down and they walk out dominant but it that is i know the one is definitely umaga but the other one definitely it, that's rosie right yeah that's okay, Roman that's brother uh dude umaga looked like um for two like rikishi's nephew now yeah like just obviously rikishi's nephew is a little bit lighter but like when he jumped up to do the splash like it was just shades of like what the simone wolfman is today and um, it's it's sad because both of these men have passed away. Exactly, and they both had incredible talent as big guys. Oh yeah, that whole family is like the elixir of wrestling talent. I swear, swear, man. Like, and I, I really hope that Wolfman, uh, Patu gets his dues and actually can be on a big stage soon because he is, he does that triple jump moonsault. As a big guy, like it just it makes no sense to how he can do it, but he makes it look picture perfect. Umaga was so fast for his size. Yeah, that too. Like, oh, man. Uh, okay. Next, we get Triple H finds Shawn Michaels, throws him a bag that seems to be picked up from the merch stand, and says, "Put that on." Shawn mm-hmm. looks in and gets happy. Yep. Uh, we come um, back. I to... need you to explain this next segment to me, Rob. Okay. I feel like it's a reference to something that I did not get. Okay. Um, so it cuts to Booker T in the back, and he's he's stretching before his match with Chris Benoit. It's coming up. He has his ribs taped up from the match with Big Show. And Goldust comes in, and he talks about how he was impressed with Booker T last night at Vengeance. Uh, keeps calling him the king of the giant killer. And Booker T cuts him off and goes, I see your hands are behind your back, Goldie. Love you, brother. My tag team partner. And all, but you better not have a crown behind your back. You keep calling me king of the king of the giant killers. He's like, no. I will say this though, that's funny because he would fully embrace the king gimmick later in life. Yeah, um, yeah, it was kind of foreshadowing, but not foreshadowing. Unintentional him, foreshadowing. Him being King Booker, King Booker T. Um, but big, uh, he doesn't have a crown. He has a Doc King like wig. Doc King was a um a black civil rights. Um uh, okay. So Book Booker Booker was like, oh, hell yeah. 
and he put it on and he starts talking like Doc King. And then he does the whole sucker pause, walk away, sucker, you know. I thought it may be something like that, but I did not want to assume. I, yeah, I'm like, I'll let Rob handle this. Yeah. In case I was wrong. Okay, good. No. And that leads us to our next oh, match. We didn't rate the the Stasiak Delo match. I did not rate it. I counted it as a segment. I, I counted it as a segment too. Okay. So sorry. Uh, we get Booker T versus Chris Benoit, which is a number one contender for the IC title match next. Well, yep, which is cool. Um, because we haven't really seen a lot of number one contender matches on no. the shows we've been watching. And we're seeing two of them tonight. Well, kind of two of them. The Eddie Rock one's kind of a number one contender match. Yeah. Um, and Raw is brought to you by Triple oh, X, starring Vin Diesel. No shit. I actually missed the brought to you by, so I'm sorry. So <laughs> up until this point, we were in a world without Triple X. Man, that's, that's really hard to... Ex- to imagine, I mean that that movie was game changing for me, um, because uh, it showed off an amazing purple colored Pontiac 1967 Pontiac GTO. Yes, and I fell in love with that car. That's why actually one of my five dream cars. If I if I had unlimited funds, I would own because my grandfather had one, and then they showcased it in Triple X. Sorry, a little tangent of Rob's life no. here. You're good. Also, by Slim Jim and Stacker 2. Slim Jim, eh? Slim Jim, Slim Jim, oh yeah! They they, they neglect to mention Macho Man anytime they bring up Slim Jim. Poor Macho Man. Uh, This match wasn't bad. Booker T hits a nice top rope missile dropkick that I liked a lot. That looked really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I am a huge fan of the German suplex pin. Like, holding them there for it. Oh, yeah. It's it's kind of a lost thing. You don't see it much anymore, but I've always loved that. The the only person you really see it anymore with is like somebody like um, Okada. It's a lot of the Japanese guys still do it. Yeah, you do see it in New Japan. I think it's because a lot of people when they hit that German, they want that extra throw at the end, which does look cool, but takes away your chance to use it for the pin. Mm-hmm. I think um the mo- the my favorite like back suplex or like German suplex combination into a pin would have to be Kenny Omega doing the um the dragon suplex. Oh that Snapdragon. Oh, oh those are pain so painful oh, to dude, look at. You just, you just made my neck cringe. I thought of the one from the first five star match where he did yeah. it on the apron. Ugh. That's the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> oh, but, full uh, credit to my friend Brandon. Every time we're watching wrestling together Anyone takes a move on the apron, he does that too. How King would always say it. <laughs> That's um, the hardest part of the ring. That's not protected. Um, uh, Benoit wins by submission with a crippler cross face. Booker yeah. T taps. Yeah, after he spent a lot of the match uh, targeting Booker's injured ribs, he also removed the middle turnbuckle instead of the top turnbuckle, which JR and King speculated was going to be so he could Irish whip. Um, Booker into the turnbuckle and it would in, it further injure his ribs and lower back, but it was not the case. Benoit just literally took him over and bashed his head off it, then put him in the cross face. Yes, I felt like dodgeball. I'm like interesting play, Cotton. Let's see if it works <laughs> out for him when he starts taking the middle turnbuckle off. <laughs> I love that quote. I use it in everyday life for anything. <laughs> I gave it a seven point five. I thought it could have been better, but I had zero issues with this match. It kept me entertained. It was good. 
I gave it a, I, I gave it a five out of five. Fair enough. Uh, their later ones get much better, but I had to take that out of my mind. I'm like, you know, I liked it. Uh, so now we are getting Benoit will meet RVD next week for the Intercontinental Title. That's gonna be a solid match. And we come back from commercial, and we cut to Bischoff is now at the announce table, up by the stadium ramp, with JR and King, and it was very Nitro-like. I know, I, I literally wrote right here, very strong WCW vibes. And then we uh, we get Big Show coming out to the ring, and I'm like, okay, who are they going to have to fight Big Show? I'm like, Sean going to come out? It's like, is this where they're doing the the, D- the Sean and Triple H spot? And No. No, we get Spike Dudley and, dear lord, poor Spike Dudley. He just had a tables match the day before that he technically won, even though he went through a table. And his ribs are taped up. And he's all bandaged up and whatnot. Oh, God. It's hard to watch Spike Dudley get his ass kicked every week. Yeah, he... He starts the match strong. He does the diving headbutt, like the running diving headbutt, oh and a drop kick, both with no effect. Though, <laughs> if if you ever wanted to see David ver- or if you ever played Left for Dead, and the tank spawns, and you happen to be like right next to him, or in an alley, like, or in an alley, and he just like beach or like uh, like the rooftop at the at the end of the first mission, where yeah. he, he just spawns and just like backhand you off the rooftop into oblivion. This is Spike Dudley versus the Big Show in a nutshell. <laughs> because after after Spike hits him with the diving headbutt and the dropkick to the knee, Show just just manhandles him. Excellent reference, by the way. I'm you're, very proud of you for that one. You're welcome. Hey, they came out, the community got Valve to produce new DLC for Left 4 Dead 2. I did see that just today. That's interesting. Hmm. Sorry for the tangent in the video game territory. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Um, obviously, this match ends with Big Show as the victor. What was it? Uh, there's a beat down, a choke slam, and a pin. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a two out of five. And this, the two out of five will be the official squash match grade from here on out for me. <laughs> I <laughs> gave it. Lower, but only slightly. I gave it a 1.5, mainly because Spike still was able to entertain me a tiny bit at the very beginning. But it's just funny because the Lesnar-Dreamer match you said was kind of a squash match, and you gave it that grade. And I'm coining this now as the squash match grade for me. (laughs) Fair point. Um, I don't know why. There was some more stuff in that Lesnar-Dreamer one that gave it just slightly above this, but I couldn't give this a point five because there was still a little bit to it. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, after the match, Show looks at Eric on the announce ta- or at the announce table, and he gives him a thumbs up, and Eric gives him a thumbs down, and tells him to put Spike through a table. So Show goes out, grabs a table. He uh, goes to choke slam Spike through the table, but what happened, Gregs? Bubba to the rescue. Hits him with a low blow. And you think you think the Dudleys are going to overcome the Giant. Nope. Uh, but you're wrong. Wrote, show choke flams Bubba through Spike through a table. Yeah, that was a cool spot, honestly. It was. That had to hurt Spike, though, because your body's bending upward while there's another force coming down on you. That has to hurt. Poor fucking Spike Dudley, man. Um... 
next. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. The DX music hits, and dude, I gotta tell you, the opening graphics nearly gave me a seizure. <laughs> dude, and they kept cutting to like them coming out and like the, the attitude area. Yeah, the attitude area. Them coming out now to the attitude area to them, and like it was like. It just kept like going back and forth. Like somebody was like on the fader in the back truck, just like, whoop, 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 yeah. whoop, he's just whoop. mashing that key, like uh, old, new, old, new, and just like smacking it. But yeah, that nearly killed me. But Sean and, and Triple H come out in full DX gear. I was a happy person right here. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a good. Um, uh, my Celine had woken up. After we put her to bed, and I brought her back down. I brought her down when this was coming on, and Sam was like, "Are you literally gonna watch, watch your, let your daughter watch DX?" And I was like, "Yeah, why?" She's like, "Well, if she starts walking around and doing crotch chops with DX, you're in charge of it." I'm like, "I was doing it at her age too." Yeah. <laughs> uh, they do the usual DX stick for the millions at home, uh, but it is nice TV 14 for them to be able to actually say "suck it" instead of just hold the mic up to the crowd. Yeah, because it was after we were now in the raw zone, which was yes. the after ten o'clock hour, um, for Monday Night Raw. Yeah, but that was nice. But he does. Let's get ready to suck it. Sean's pointing. Boom! Kick to the gut and pedigree. Oh my god! And everyone was in shock. Yes, no one was expecting it. By the way, you can tell it. This time, everyone would bring those disposable cameras to the wrestling event, so anytime a finisher was about to happen, you saw a million flashes going off, you did not see it. No one was ready. No nope. one had their flash button charged. No, nope. They all um, wasted it on the socket. Uh, Triple H drips the DX shirt, rolls out of the ring, and walks up the ramp. Um, it literally cuts to him after commercial, just storming right out of the building and jumping in a white limo and leaving. Yes. And then another limo pulls up. A black limo pulls up, and the window rolls down, and it is Triple H's ex, Stephanie McMahon. And she says, tell Mr. Bischoff his competition has arrived. We get a SummerSlam is brought to you by Foot Locker at the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island in a month. Long Island, I Z. Woo, woo, woo. I'm sorry, you Mark Cardona. <laughs> Next, we get Eddie Guerrero versus The Rock. This is a match I never knew happened, but I was glad to see it. Yeah, I I, I was surprised when Eddie came out and cut the promo earlier. I uh, I was actually surprised it happened. Yeah. I don't I don't think they wrestled that much. No, not that I recall, at least. And honestly, like The Rock's on his way out at this point. Like he's not about out, but he's on that last year of full time competition here. And yeah. Eddie's just rising up and as far as WWE goes. So they really didn't cross paths all that much. And yet again, main event of Raw is a, a main event that we would put on Wrestle Kingdom, WrestleMania, you know. Exactly. Like all these things like like dream matches. Yeah, like here we have it, main event of a Raw in the middle of July. What is this weird chokehold that Eddie puts on the rock with his legs? The uh, the head the leg head scissors hold. Yes, it was weird um, rest hold he was doing there. I, I it gave us some funny spots though. Like Rock tried to reach up and grab Eddie's hair to break it, 
and Hebner, Earl Hebner's roughing the match, and he literally grabs The Rock's hand, and he does this one other time later in the match, too, and just shoves The Rock's hand away from grabbing Eddie's hair. <laughs> but then Eddie starts grabbing the bottom rope, or the middle rope to get leverage on the hold to choke Rock out more and behind Hebner's back. So it's like, you're, you're going to stop The Rock from breaking the rules, and then Eddie's going to well, break the rules. But then he had to pay anyways. attention to The Rock's hand. The Rock screwed himself. Yep. You know referees uh, have no peripheral vision. Yeah, we have a uh, we had a really cool um, rock goes for the rock bottom, and Eddie, as Rock's lifting him, rolls up and reverses in the crucifix pin. Yeah, I thought that was a cool spot. That was, um, oh, that where he hangs Rock up up on the ropes was really cool, but and then he misses the frog splash after it. But that was a nice, like, real quick transit. The thing with top rope finishers, it's not always the finisher that gets me, like, that cranks my, like, lever for it. It's, it's how they set them up for it sometimes. Yeah, like... So, like, RVD kicking the ladder out and then doing the frog splash earlier, beautiful. And mm-hmm. then, like, hanging someone up on the ropes, having them flop down and going for it, that's great. Like, that's mm-hmm. a real big thing for me. Like, any corner finishers or top rope finishers almost depend on how you get them there. Yeah, like um, I I I know like the one that I don't get excited for anymore is uh like Finn Balor's coup de gras because you yeah. know it's coming every time he does the shotgun drop kick to the corner you just know the coup de gras is coming. Yeah, now if you, you switch it up and like hit a bulldog on someone or right before, then it's something new. I think I think one of my favorite ones was uh him and. Him and Joe at one of the takeovers where he he reversed the muscle buster like while he was in the muscle buster and like somehow got back up on the top rope and Joe fell down and then he hit it to get the win. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, I think with fin- top rope finishers, it's more the setup than the actual finisher unless it's like, you know, somebody that does a 360 twist in the air. Yeah. And hits I mean, yeah, I can't say yeah. like. Shooting store press yawn. No, like the move's still good, but it depends on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, how? But that was Eddie's downfall. That missed frog splash because then he hits the people's elbow and wins. And I thought something was gonna. People's elbow is one of those moves that usually will end up costing the rock. So I was surprised to see it end that way. Yeah, it's weird because like the people's elbow for like the first couple smackdowns was considered a signature. Yeah. So like it's when the rock hits it in real life, it's like okay, this this could be a, a close three, a close a three count, or a, like a two point nine count. And then he, you know, he'll hit the rock bottom, or eventually he'll hit the people's elbow again. And like, I think at the runtime on this mat, like on the show, there was like maybe like a good ten minutes left on the mat, on the show. So like, I honestly thought Eddie was gonna kick out. Yeah, that might have got me too. And I won't lie, I know it's wrestling, I'm looking too far into it, but the worm, the people's elbow, the five-knuckle shuffle never moved my needle even as a kid. Now, I liked seeing them because of the show behind it and the taunt, but as far as them being more powerful than a regular elbow drop or a chest slap or a fist drop, I -hmm. never got but yet you love when Roman Regal does the power of the punch. Well, that's because he has brass knuckles. 
It's That's just... different. That's not a regular punch. <laughs> That's literally a foreign object. <laughs> okay, okay. Like, for real, if if someone just avoided a top rope finisher, Rob, today, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. The Rock, anyone else, mm-hmm. they avoid a top rope finisher, they get up and drop an elbow and go for a pin, you would be like, what the fuck is that ending? Probably. But if they do a little dance in front of it, it's okay. I mean, I mean, I everyone hates the Superman punch, but I will give Roman Reigns at least enough credit that he he uh, he checks the shell out of the gun before he does it. That's true. He does rack that well. But at least the Superman punch, and I'll also take it as far to say the Judas effect and Superman punch at least have momentum behind the strike compared to a regular elbow or a punch. Roman's diving into it, Jericho spinning an elbow. So, like, that doesn't strike me as just the regular move. Yeah, true. There is there is some extra force behind it. Like, Macho Man doing his elbow, it was off the top rope, so there's some extra momentum and force behind it. Well, I mean, early people's elbow, you could argue that, because The Rock literally whips the elbow up and then literally, like acts like he's doing like the bump drill that they do in the middle of the ring to themselves in training. So like Mm -hmm. when he throws himself back, he's, he's put more force and driving the elbow down with his hand Hmm. later in his career. And even like recently, like recently when he's like wrestled like CM Punk and stuff, when he came back for a little stint, he was just kind of lazy about it. And he just kind of like, like he was doing like, a normal uh, everyday elbow drop, like while the like in the early matches, like early in the match elbow drop, yeah. but it was now the people's elbow. Do you know what I think my worst offender for all these are? Who's that? Is the Big Show's KO punch oh, or knockout punch? Man. Because he didn't even do anything extra. If the Big Show would punch in a regular spot in the match, count as a punch. But if he paused for a moment before the punch and kept his arm on them, that's the <laughs> he, knockout punch. If he um, if he curled his fingers in slowly and made the fist, yeah, did like he was trying to get a trucker to blow the horn air horn at him. It's and, like he thinks he's Scarlet Witch, like <laughs> twisting his fingers around and everything, and roared really loud like a bear in the woods, and then hit you. It was the KO punch. If he yeah. just balled his fist and punched you in the corner, it was a working corner punch. Exactly. <laughs> that That's my worst offender out of all of them. I, th- I, th- I think he gets the, the power to KUO, to KO you, by yelling like a bear. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the sonic force from his lungs <laughs> more than the punch itself. It's, the it's punch like, is just a finishing touch. That's a cherry on top. He watched so much Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme and played so much Street Fighter as Guile as a kid. That's what happened. He he created the sonic boom into the KO punch. Well, getting off of Big Show and <laughs> Body Too Hotty and Street Fighter and Scarlet Witch, what what did you give the match? I gave it an eight out of ten. I think my it, man, eight out of ten from me. I think it could have went just. I I just wish Eddie would kicked out of the people's elbow. I'm with you on that. I think, but I it wish... was it was just awesome seeing Eddie versus The Rock. Oh my god! This this they should. If this would have happened when Eddie was at the, his height and The Rock was at his height, dear lord, this this could have been a twenty out of ten match. 
I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> like, like, like uh, it, it just would have been, there's no scale because that's how awesome it is. Yeah. Oh, after the match, post-match, Lesnar comes out and takes the title from the ref before he presents it to The Rock. And there's a weird stare down. And, like, Rock keeps looking at the title. And looking at Rock. And looking at the title and looking at Rock. And it's kind of like shades of, like, what happened the other week with Kurt Angle. Like, asking The Undertaker to want to hold it. Yeah. Except. The Rock's not falling for it. Yeah. But then Brock is like, okay, you can have it back. And, like, he tries to give it to The Rock. And The Rock kind of, like, shoves it back at him. So then Brock just, like, pitches it at the ground and just storms off. Yeah, he throws it at the Rock's feet. Um, And then, yep, like you said, they storm out him and Heyman. And at this moment, I'm like, wait, we never saw anything with the whole Steph situation. And then we cut to it. Yep. (laughs) Bischoff's going to her limo yelling, and she says, I'm here to kick you in the testicles. A flashback to vengeance. If you're just joining us now and you're like, what the fuck? Uh Last week, Bischoff said the difference between us is I have testicles and you don't. Yep. And he basically challenges her to physically do it. She gets out of the limo. And what the fuck is Bischoff doing here, Rob? So so Bischoff's gimmick, uh, he had a match in WCW at the height of the NWO versus WCW storyline. And actually, if you play as him on WCW World, WCW versus NWO World Tour and WCW versus NWO Revenge, his move set um is kind of like a kung fu based move set it's almost even like later in this time period like i remember there was eric bischoff versus teddy long and he was like that too yeah he like wore the gi and everything into the ring against teddy yeah i think i think he even had a match against uh king and he did the same thing he wore the gi so like the the whole thing with bischoff is he has like a a white belt or a black belt in, in some sort of kung fu. Yeah, as a martial arts background. Yeah, they just always called it kung fu, though, in WCW instead of actually just saying martial arts or karate. But me and you know some people who've done martial arts. Yes. The whole thing he's doing, like, what? that's more what I'm referring to here. Um, That's mainly like a karate thing during... Um, not so much a, like a, a, an exhibition or a match, but like just psyching yourself up to like you know put your fist through the board or brick or whatever. I mean, yeah, I've watched like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but I couldn't take him seriously doing. Oh, it. I couldn't either. Um, he's laughing. Go on, kick me, kick me in the testicles. And but then Lesnar and Heyman get in the limo. And let well, no, Lesnar steps in between them. And oh uh, yeah, you're right. And Eric's like. Brock, she's going to kick me in the nuts. Brock, stop her. She's going to kick me in the butts. And he's like, oh, my God, you're going to kick me in the nuts. Brock Lesnar's going to stop you. And Steph's like, you know what, Eric? You're right. And she backs down just to open the limo door. And Lesnar and Heyman crawl in the limo. And Steph tells Eric to watch SmackDown to see the next big thing because he won't see him on Raw anymore. Yep, she exclusively signs Brock Lesnar to SmackDown. And that is, I believe, how she ripped the heart out of Raw. Yep. And show end. End the show. With Eric screaming at the limo pulling away. So, we have made it through our very first Eric Bischoff Raw. It was a good one, in my opinion. I I enjoyed it. Um, 
match quality, not so much. No, it was very... I mean, it had very good highlights, but a lot of lows. Yeah. There wasn't that many matches either. Like, the lot, like the first month of us doing this, in, in, in this in the, in the show perspective, because we're on episode 10 and we're like a month and a half, two months actually now. Um, But, like, the first month of Raw has been... It's been, like, either half and half or, like, three-quarter match the segment this was very segment driven yeah this is where the line starts getting drawn now once the brands are splitting more and everything where smackdown is your in-ring competition raw is your character work yeah uh what was your favorite match rob um i'm going to go with eddie Guerrero versus the rock came close to me my favorite was the latter though i i figured you were gonna you were gonna pick the latter match a big ladder match guy. I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your favorite moment? I think my favorite moment um, might have been the the debut of Three Minute Warning. That was mine as well, for I, sure. Three Minute Warning debut. I I, pop, I popped so so much when Umaga hit the frog spl- or the splash from the top. And thank you for those of you who are joining us for the first time. I have to explain this every time just because of that. The last question is, if you were in the writer's room, you got handed this show, and Vince wanted you to change one thing, even if you thought it was a perfect show, you have to make one change. Rob, what do you change? So we're going to make this good shit, huh? Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> why, why do we keep just beating around the bush with Trish and Molly? Just, just have them fucking wrestle, for fuck's sake. You fucked him out of the title match on the pay per view, the big the the KFAB pay, big payday. You kept that. Every other title was on the fucking show. Well, you know what's funny? Title. At the time, it wasn't even just KFAB. You actually did get a pay per view bonus. Exactly. So like you kept in the real women's too, not just storyline. You kept the women's fucking title off the pay per view. The following night on Raw, when you should have it defended, since it wasn't defended on the pay per view. You're going to throw them in a, into an intergender tag match that is more of a comedy wrestling spot than actual intergender wrestling. Like, we had, like, what? Like, 15 to 20 seconds of actual legitimate intergender wrestling between Trish and William yeah. Regal. Like, just, just, just... None between Bubba and Molly. No really. Yeah. Just fucking scrap that match and put the women's title on the fucking line and showcase the women's division. I mean, I mean... It's easy for me to say this now because we had the women's evolution and revolution and, you know, me watching from 2002 to now so much women's wrestling in the Indies and overseas and seeing just how great women's wrestling is. Yeah. It's infuriating to see that they didn't at least try to spotlight the two biggest women's wrestlers that they had at the time. No, I'm with you for sure on that. Uh, I did change a different thing, but I would 100% welcome your change. I would have got rid of one of the squash matches. I think you had to leave D'Lo and Stasiak in there for the debut. Mm -hmm. So either Spike or... Honestly, I think if I had to erase one, it would be the Tommy Dreamer one. As much as I love Tommy Dreamer, you didn't need that. You already had your big Brock moment for the night. You had more than one Brock moment tonight. So you could have got rid of that. And just have, I put, just put a regular exhibition match. 
take two guys on this roster that weren't used who and don't try to make it a story or like a grudge, but just how you'll see even today's wrestling on any promotion really, Impact, Raw, SmackDown, AEW, just let some guys go out there for maybe five minutes and kill it. Why couldn't you have Lesnar and Big Show? Yeah. Take, I mean, and I, I see where you're coming from because like this, this kind of kills the momentum that Tommy Dreamer had. Exactly. The last, the last like month of us doing this, Dreamer's been slowly built. Like he won the the match against Raven to stay on the show. Yeah. He did the he did the whole I'm defending ECW and what it stood for. Put it to Paul and Brock. Um, he had the what the ten star match that I gave against Stephen Richards <laughs> <laughs> that got very very ridiculed. And now, and now we get to this because he wasn't on the pay per view. It's like, and now you're just gonna have Brock just completely destroy him. Yeah, like, like and why? you brought up a great too. You could just have Brock and Big Show just in an exhibition match go out there. No story behind it, but these guys work here, so matches happen. Or like anyone who wasn't on the show, you could have Gold Dust out there and just a regular match against someone, or Gold Dust versus Dreamer if you wanted anything, yeah. you know? Yeah, I just it. Uh, the logic, like I get the logic, you have to have shows going to be Eric Bischoff's monster because they work together in WCW. They've been teasing that since Bischoff came on the show last week, and obviously Brock Lesnar is the monster yeah. in WWE right now. So you have to showcase them in squash matches, but at the same time, if you're building up, because it felt like they were building up Tommy Dreamer to be a mid card guy, and now he just looks like shit. Yeah, and you know what? They have velocity now. If you want to do squash matches, do it on there. Exactly. I'm okay with even one a night two on your main show. Like that's why I said I'm. O- I I hate to say because I love Spike Dudley, but I was okay with the Big Show Spike one, even though I thought the match was awful. But whatever. Like it's Spike Dudley versus Big Show after Spike had a tables match. Uh, what do I expect? Well, I but mean, Spike- the Dreamer Lesnar one especially. Like scrap that and put a match in there. Yeah, I mean, Sp- Spike's just there to get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? Good on him. Like, he made a career out of it. I mean, yeah, he has. <laughs> and, now, and now he's a teacher, I think, or something. <laughs> he, took the oh, money, he took the money from getting the shit kicked out of him every night to become a teacher or something. He's, he's, he, he's, yeah. Can you imagine having Mr. Dudley as your teacher? <laughs> Mr. Dudley, hey, man. My older brother used to have tapes of you putting people through tables. Nope, that wasn't me. Really? Mr. Dudley, who is this Mr. New Jack that you jumped off of? <laughs> <the balcony? laughs> I tried to kill him. <laughs> Alright, you got anything else for tonight? Um, I just, uh, over the last week, uh, I know it's been weighing on my mind a lot. It's not wrestling related, but, um, the heavy metal community that we both love, heavy metal and hardcore community, lost uh, Riley Gale from Power Trip. That's yeah, uh, very sad. Uh, dude was and, solid by all accounts. I never met him. I don't. I'm never even got to see Power Trip. But someone else, I credit where it's due. Lance, I think, from who was on our show last week, brought up a point that, or maybe it was Duke's his co-host, but point still stands. Nobody had a bad thing to say about him. And let's be honest, when a quote-unquote celebrity dies, I know in our world of hardcore, it's not like a huge celebrity thing, but 
there's usually some shady shit that will come out about someone. Yeah, Not there's always a bad word. Nah, Riley didn't have a, any bad stories told about him. And I, when Celine was born, I just, which has been a year, almost two years now, I just started slowly getting in the, more in the power trip. And when she was born, the only thing she would fall asleep to me, for, for me, like when Sam was at work or like Sam was out, like taking a nap, was I'd have to put her in her bouncer and I would literally have to bounce her to the rhythm of every song on Nightmare Logic until she would fall yeah. asleep. So like I had that connection and just just um the dude was only thirty four, man. I'm I'm gonna be thirty in you know, a month or so. And it, it just it scares me. But at the same time it's just it's really upsetting seeing so many people hurt in the community that we love besides, you know, what we do here, wrestling. Yeah, that's it was sad for sure. Way to bring me down, Rob. I was feeling good. I'm like, oh, a podcast is fun. Everything else sucks, but ah, I get to come sorry. here. I'm sorry, I'm man. Sure I, I've had to get that off my chest. Cause no, no, I'm I'm completely joking. No, it's 100% true. So. so, with that, we are Ruthless Retrospective. You can find us on Twitter at RuthlessRetroPC. You can find us on Facebook at Ruthless Retrospective. You can find me on Twitter at G-R-E-G-A-I-M-S. Rob doesn't like you guys getting his Twitter. I think that covers all the socials. <laughs> I'm the guy that mainly runs the the Ruthless Retro PC uh, Twitter account, the podcast Twitter account. Yeah, so if you do want to get a hold of Rob and tell him, Rob, your Vince McMahon impression annoys the hell out of me, or Rob, <laughs> please say good shit more. I love your Vince McMahon impression. Or Rob, I have no thoughts on your Vince McMahon impression. Hit him on there. He will get it. <laughs> Let me know if I'm doing good shit here. All right. Uh, with that, we do have some news coming down the pike, which we cannot reveal just yet. But I promise we're not like the people who have an idea who's, who go, oh, good news. The gears are in motion and it's almost done. And I think I speak for Rob, too. I'm extremely excited about all of this. This show has just been a big bang. For the possibilities that are coming. See what I did there? I do see what you did there. No one else does though. But they will. That's right. The cast of Big Bang Theory is coming <laughs> on Ruthless Retrospective. I mean, I am Leonard. Alright, guys. Penny. Alright, guys. With that, I am Greg. I am Rob. Good night. And sleep tight.